right. All right. Today we have um, Tim from, uh, oh, what's your uh, Instagram? Fractal Fitness Trainer. It's, it's kind of, uh, it's a little odd, but I like it. Cool. Yeah. It sounds, uh, it sounds like a, a psychedelic or something. It, it has references to that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Did, have, have you ever done the plant medicines or anything like that? Or Yeah, I have. Um, Let's see, uh, ayahuasca, I think, if I remember correctly, 13 times. Oh, um, San Pedro, five-ish times. And then psilocybin, like, uh, I don't know, 100, <laughs> 100 oh, times man. maybe. <laughs> Thank God I got you on, man, because you're, you're the man I want to talk to. <laughs> sure, sure. What do you want to talk about with that? Well, well first tell me about your, your coaching first. Um, sure, okay. Um, so I guess I'll just give like a brief history of how, um, I got to where I am, which is like how fractal fitness became a thing. Um, mm -hmm. I started off as just a normal personal trainer for Equinox. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was realizing mostly that they would send a lot of, um, the difficult clients to me because I was maybe one of the few trainers there that would be like, there's such a huge emotional aspect to training. These people aren't like acting out they're just not feeling safe. Like how do we create safety for them? So it became kind of a passion of mine to mm -hmm. like work with not just physical trauma, but also emotional trauma within a movement practice. And it just kind of snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. It's like breath work and trauma therapy, somatic experiencing, all of that kind of stuff. So now my newest um, program is a, um, it's a somatic movement workshop where we're trying to, create a foundation to allow people to go not from a top-down approach, but to go from a body up approach and work with the body first as a first signal, mm -hmm. see what's happening, how we're um, working with emotions and how those emotions may be affecting us on a level that we didn't even realize. Like an inner child may be telling us something mm -hmm. is unsafe and we had no idea. So yeah, that's kind yeah. of what the new workshop is about. So, um, so what's an example of somebody that, that would, that would come to you that, um, like that, that has that emotional trauma? Sure. I mean, um, do you know it already or, I mean, how do you? So, uh, I think part of my personal trauma history has, um, mm -hmm. given me, it's, I, I think it's an innate skill that humans have. Uh, but I believe that, um, we've kind of lost it over time because we become less communal and more, individualized within society. Um, I do my job, you do your job versus we do our job together. Um, but my personal trauma history has led me to see people's trauma history as like a signal. Cause I, again, like it's not special. This is not a like magical thing I'm doing. It's just a tool that we've maybe lost. Mm -hmm. So when they come to me, I generally am like, Oh yeah, they've got something that they don't really know yet. So I'll see it. Um, in psychedelic experiences, like I have a hard time in ayahuasca ceremonies because I see everyone's stuff all the time. Like I see oh, their wow. things as clear as day. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, like this is hard. This is hard. Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess I do tend to see it right away. Mm -hmm. And people tend to open up to me pretty quickly because I do – I as best I can. And I'm not perfect, but I tr really try to create a safe atmosphere for people to express who they are, not who they think they should be with me, but who they truly are. And that is going to have trauma. We all have trauma to some 
degree or big T, little T, we all have some. Wow, that's um, that's cool, man. That you um, so uh, it sounds like you're kind of like um, you're kind of like a natural healer, sort of kind of in a way. I I think so, and I, mm-hmm. I but again, I think we all are. Like if we were all yeah. given the chance, I think we would be. Um, in 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 our own special ways, you know, like some people are healers by leading. You know, they just they'll take the reins when other people can't, and some people are healers when like someone gets hurt on the battlefield, they're the first to grab them and help them. You know, mm-hmm. all of those things are great. They're, they're wonderful. Um, but yeah, I guess it also didn't really, if you want an example, I can kind of give you an idea of like what, what a typical client will come to me with. If, if you want like that as um, a sure. reference point. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, uh, a lot of times it's um, early abuse situations. So we'll get either physical, mental, sexual abuse. Um, again, also all, so horrible. Um, but people are extremely brave right now coming to me and saying like, when they do open up, saying like, oh my God, like this thing happened. And we'll be like, yeah, we're working on that. You know, like we're freeing up your T-spine because that trauma got locked in your T-spine and you're trying to hide. Like this is a really common position for people with serious traumas because they're trying not to be seen. And also they're disassociating. This is a really disassociating behavior pattern. Mm -hmm. So we work on freeing up their spine, Mm -hmm. elongating their spine, doing things that are playful and comfortable. And then they start to think, oh my God. Like uh, clients cry a lot in my sessions, which is totally fine. It's neither good nor bad. It's just what they need to do. So we'll be working through something. And uh, I gave this example to someone else the other day. we were just going through a very simple pattern, you know, just a pull, just a pull with a slight twist. Um, nothing heavy, nothing wild, but we had done some work beforehand, some breath work and some T-spine mobility. Mm-hmm. He pulled, started crying immediately because he wasn't used to having comfort in that position. He wasn't used to having safety. And one of his little kids, like I was, I think it was his eight year old. Mm-hmm actually expressed itself. And another thing we don't realize, and this is, um, if anyone wants to read up on this, Peter Levine does some fantastic work on this. Mm -hmm. But he has a theory that the trauma you experience, actually, you embody it, but you embody it as that age. So if you're an eight-year-old and something happened to you, Mm -hmm. you will actually, your emotional response to anything that comes up that also feels unsafe will be of an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. It's not who you are right now, which is why so many people feel so out of control, mm-hmm. which is why so many people end up in addictive behaviors for so many different reasons, but it really comes down to a trapped emotional state. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, because I've been um, dealing with some of my own personal issues as well um, lately. And I just kind of started remembering it through journaling and things like that recently. You know, that's wonderful, a powerful tool, man. So. It is. Yeah. And what was coming up for you? I mean, you don't, have, obviously you don't have to say everything, but um, what were you feeling emotionally? Just what was your body doing in that situation? Yeah. Well, I, I was on a call with a, um, with a, with a, with a coach and um yeah, just he just asked a question and, and I just started telling him what was going on and 
And at that point, my body was the, the, the pain in the body was like, it was like coming from my liver. It wasn't pain. Oh, it was just like, sure. The liver was getting hot. And then up here was, was tense all up here. Of course. Yeah. And yeah, then so. from that time, I think I was just breathing at that time going like, kind of like breathing um, uh, more heavily or whatever, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. You were definitely having an anxiety experience and that's yeah. totally normal in that situation. When things come up, that is your body saying like, Whoa, emergency here, red light. Like let's, let's do something like, so, I mean, you had the appropriate response to the situation. So I think people forget that we always beat ourselves up. Like I should never have stress. I should never have anxiety. No, of course. It's yeah. just the signal. It's just a signal. If you want any techniques for that, we can quickly go over some if you're interested. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay. So a really simple breathing technique that I use with a lot of my clients to help with the vagus nerve and the nervous system mm -hmm. is um, what I call 30, 60, 30. So all my clients know this at this point. We do it a lot of times at the beginning and at the end. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's a body scan real quick. So the 30 seconds is heavy, heavy, heavy mouth breathing. And just as a, like, I just don't want people to do this at the wrong time because it can be re-traumatizing if you do anything at the wrong time. Just don't do it while you're having a panic attack. But this is going to help for, for and after. Um, so the heavy breathing looks like this. You just take deep, heavy breaths in, almost like Wim Hof. You do that for 30 seconds, then you immediately switch into just nose breathing, kind of like a Patrick McEwen technique. Yeah, exactly. Really deep, really heavy. And then you go right into the nose, pushing the diaphragm down really slow out through the nose in deeply pushing the diaphragm down, pushing out to the sides, 360 type breathing, exhale, nice and slow, pull the diaphragm up 60 seconds of that right back into 30 seconds of heavy mouth breathing. And then you can go for an option at the end. You can either go for a breath hold or you can go into just a light box breath, you know, just the, Typical, like four seconds in, four pause, four seconds out, four pause. And what that does is helps create flexibility in your nervous system. Mm -hmm. So when you do have those feelings of anxiety, mm -hmm. they don't overwhelm. They just kind of come back and you reset back to normal. It's almost like a wave coming in and out versus a tsunami that just crashes and leaves debris everywhere. Mm -hmm. You're just kind of pulling back, going back out. It becomes more natural. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then anything to do, like Eldoas for the T-spine, um, WEC method stuff where you're really bending in, getting flexion, extension in the spine is really good for that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, breathing is like, I've, I've started to do a little bit of breathing. Um, and it's definitely, um, it's definitely helpful. It's definitely helpful for sure, man. Have you gone down a path like yogic or shamanic or... Um, like Wim Hof or holotropic has anything called to you more than another? Yeah. Yeah. I do a little bit of yoga. Um, I, I don't do a lot. I do like about 30, 30 minutes every about five days a week. And then, um, nice. yeah. And then, and then I can do, sometimes I do breathing at that, t at that point too. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a really good way to do it. Um, you can always match your breath to any movement too. It's a really simple technique. Just 
breathe in as you go up, exhale as you fold in. It's just, you know, just, you can always add it in and always breathe through your nose, like a simple technique to help calm the nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, um, super, it's super powerful, man, for sure. And then I do, I do cold showers and a little bit of that stuff too. So that's also wonderful. Good job. Like that's, that's super awesome for your nervous system. It's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm in, I'm in Japan and, um, they have, uh, at the, the spas here, they have, uh, at, at the saunas or whatever, they have cold baths in the sauna yes and you can jump in there man and it's that's like, great you know it's like they keep it like really cold <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome though like that hot and cold therapy it's so good for you dude it's 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 uh i'm i'm like really really into the sauna i'm a huge fan of the sauna yeah yeah heat shock proteins are good like you're gonna keep yourself safe happy like it does a lot for a lot of different things. Your hormones regulate. It's wonderful. Dude, it's amazing. It's, it's freaking amazing. So, um, so, it, so this is the main aspect of your coaching is sort of the somatic movement type, type. Yeah. Of it. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty much turned into that. And I yeah. do sit for people sometimes and I do build like integration movement practices for people who are coming out of uh, psychedelics or plant medicine. Okay. So if they've done a ceremony for themselves or gone to like say Costa Rica when they come back, they need to now start to integrate with their body. We do tons for integration in the mind, mm -hmm. but people don't do enough to integrate in the body. If you don't do that, the trauma then reinserts itself into the fascia again. So you want to clear that and create disconfirming belief systems within your body to feel safe. So I, yeah, I'll build a program like a two week to three month program for people coming out of those like healing ceremonies. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I've, I've got a friend and he's a, he's a, a licensed therapist and he's actually doing a, some kind of psychedelic um, program um, in um, he, he's in Oakland and, and, and it's legal there. Psychedelics are, are legal there. So this is like a, a field that you can actually get into. I mean, he's going to actually have some kind of certification. Um, anyway, it's, 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 it's very exciting uh, uh, field. I had an experience yeah. many years ago on, um, I mean, this is like, this is over 20 years ago. I was on MDMA. Um, I, I used to party back in the day. And partying now for me is about as is is like coffee. That's my party now. Right, right. Yeah, for me it's like a beer and a nap. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I got in me. <laughs> but, but anyway, I, had, I was on MDMA, some some very quality MDMA, and um and and we had a, a we were I was at a bar or whatever, and and the there it was like the experience was like this reality was not the real reality, but there was kind of like a, a curtain, an unveiling sort of speak. And, and, and that was the real reality. And we were, and I could see everybody and feel everybody. And we were all perfectly where we were supposed to be. It was like, uh, like maybe like a director, like I was like, all, all of a sudden I could see behind the scene kind of thing. So anyway. Right. That's amazing. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really interesting situation to have. And that's a, like, again, it, it shows how we perceive the world. 
is very limited. It's limited by our eyes, our ears, our nose, our mouth, like our touch is so much more out there. And these things are all more buffers to what the experience is so we can understand it and we can live within it. But it's really not what's going on. It's much, much bigger. It's much more interesting in some ways. So I guess it's like why people don't fear death because like psychedelics kind of break that feeling of like, if I lose this body, if I lose these senses, then I'm dead. It's like, well, no, like there's so much more. You float into whatever else was out there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So, so I, I'm kind of recently, I've kind of, the universe is kind of like nudging me towards psychedelics again. And I've, I've been trying to, you know, I don't know how it's going to happen, but you know, I'm trying to figure out how to do this ayahuasca thing. I'm sort of in a, and obviously I can't do it in Japan or, or whatever, but right. Right. But, yeah. Um, um, there's some really good places in Costa Rica. Um, there's some really good places in Peru too. And it's really, so my personal recommendation, which is kind of like a, one a lot of people don't think of is uh, go to a place that looks the most comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. Like whatever that means. Like for some people, it's really like getting immersed in the jungle and that's the place. For other people, it was like, I did it in the mountains in Peru, in like the Sacred Valley area. And that was wonderful. And then like places in Costa Rica all have different feels to them. But you really want to create the most safe space. Like that's the, the setting part of set and setting. So like you create a safe space for you to do the work in. And each retreat is going to be different. So. And, and did you, did you have a friend or, I mean, or how, how did you, how did you sort of get interested in, in, um, in ayahuasca and, and that sort of thing? So it, it started with, actually, this is a story I should tell people because yeah, it makes sense. Like why we would go towards psychedelics as a healing therapy. Um, so I used to have really, really terrible social anxiety and not in the way that I couldn't talk to people because I think people pigeonhole it in that way, but it would be like, I was telling my partner today, like, I was like, yeah. there are moments when I would go to do something mm-hmm. and I would literally just like go blank and walk past the thing I wanted to do. It'd be like, like, Oh, I'm going to go like grab ice cream from the corner store. I really want it. Mm-hmm. And I'd find myself back at home being like, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. And it would always start with this like extreme nervous feeling popping up. And mm-hmm. then I would just disassociate and I never did anything to hurt anyone or hurt myself, but it but I guess in a way it was hurting myself because I was never doing the things I wanted to do. Then a friend had mushrooms one day and we're like, yeah, we're going to go to a party. We'll take some. That feeling that I've been living with my whole life was gone for two weeks. I didn't experience it at all. And I was like, whoa, this is a whole different life. Mm. I can do things I want to do. This is how other people live. I like this. I'm going to do this. So then I started using it as a way to do like personal ceremonies for myself. Mm-hmm. And that led into like every few months, I was probably like every six months I would do one and it would reset my nervous system. I'd feel wonderful for so long. And that really did lead me into just being like, well, I've got to research why this works. Why does this work? So yeah, I found like McKenna, like went down the rabbit hole, found a whole bunch of people. And that kind of led to ayahuasca as well. And it's like, well, if, if mushrooms do this, like what does ayahuasca do? 
Um, and for me, not that much, to be honest. Um, it's just not, it's not my thing. I tried it enough times to know it's just, it's super good for a lot of people. And I've seen it with people that have come with me. It worked really, really well for clearing their trauma. Mm-hmm. Just not for me. Um, but again, like we all have tools that work better for us. So. Yeah. 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 Um, I, 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 I totally agree with you on that. And I, th- I think you kind of got to listen. You got to be like, okay, is this, is this calling me? Is this not calling me? I was listening to a podcast the other day and, this guy was like, yeah, for like 20 years, I, I never did it. My friends did it, ayahuasca. And then one day I had a calling and it was just kind of like, all right, you know, so I think there's something to that kind of stuff. Yeah. You're absolutely right. The calling is real. Like I got the calling for it and it was just like, it was shocking. I was having dreams about it. Wow. And I was like, okay, I've got to research what this thing is. Cause like, yeah. why am I having these dreams of like a diamond headed snake all the time like this is super weird i've never seen a thing like this like why is it coming up and then uh one of my friends was like oh dude that's an ayahuasca dream and i was like really i was like i've never really done any research on this part and he's like no just just go look at this Mm. and i was like oh my god yeah it was like on the nose so like but it was really i think for me to do it i think it was to allow um so i invited my partner and she like she wasn't going to come. And then all of a sudden, like a week before she's like, I'm coming. And it really <laughs> worked wonders for her. I think honestly, be getting the calling like years before was to get her to come. I just had to meet her and find the way to do it. And then we found the place and we did it. So it's funny. It's cool. But yeah, she's a, like, she's an extremely good healer now because of it. Like, she is unbelievable. Like really, really good. She's doing um, a woman's retreat in upstate New York at the end of May. And like my mother's thinking about going. Like she's that good at <laughs> doing what oh, she wow. does. Yeah. 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 It's pretty exciting. That's cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna turn off my video um just because I'm getting sure. choppy. I, but that it's just because of the I think it's the time of morning here. Gotcha. Because everybody's going to, getting ready to go to work. Should I turn off mine too, just to see if we can clear it up a little? Uh, yeah, that might be a good idea. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Better Thanks. safe than sorry, I guess. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a kind of a wild journey in terms of uh, um, plant medicine, but it's a wild journey in terms of healing. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. I mean, like, um, yeah, the the whole the whole plant. I'm I'm so glad I got to talk to you today about the the because I've been wanting to um, explore a, like a conversation, and I've I've tried to get in touch with a couple of people, but all the all the interviews fell through, um, kind of sort of regarding the plant medicines or or the um, or what do you call it the the mushrooms or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, do you have a sort of like a sp- specific mushroom? Uh, protocol that you figured out for yourself or do you just kind of like throw it up in the air kind of thing as sort of how much you do and or do you i mean how 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 do you do that that's a that's a great question one that people don't ask often enough because it's a really important part of that's another part of the setting is Mm -hmm. creating like whatever ritual works best for you or not having a ritual Mm -hmm. Um, so most of the time i do uh, that how i developed that 30 60 30 breath was as a was to help 
um, kind of simulate a psychedelic experience because there's so many ups and downs. Like you get thrown into the fire, then all of a sudden you're like, it's calm. And then you're dropped back in and then it's calm. And I wanted to find a technique that would help my nervous system deal with that. Mm-hmm. So that's how I developed it. So I do that. Um, I do spinal releasing stuff. Um, I try and release my hip flexors because that's where a lot of my trauma is, is my hip flexors and my shoulders. Mm-hmm. So I try and release those things through movement. Um, then I go into breath work, then maybe back into movement, then maybe back into breath work, all depending on what my body is telling me. Mm-hmm. And then the amount I take is usually not the amount that I set out to. Um, so I'll look at it and be like, okay, well, I was planning on taking this amount. Mm-hmm. Like, what is, what are the mushrooms telling you? What am I telling me? What is my body telling me? And I kind of work it out from there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's way less and sometimes it's way more. Um, it's never seems to be wrong though, because sometimes I'll take way less and it'll be a much bigger experience. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the protocol for me. And I always do it in a safe and secure place. I always have a person available if I need to talk both during the session and after. Um, and it can just be a good friend who just is okay listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after I uh, do, so I try and do a body scan in the process as much as you, you can. Mm-hmm. And then after, especially as I'm coming out of it, I'll see what's tight body. Cause it may be things that I didn't think were tight. But as the fascia releases, then you realize it's like, ah, the left hip is hiked up a little bit and it's super tight and everything else released except for that. So then I'll build my movement program based off of that. So I'll do like a month worth of um, building up from correctives to dynamic movements, like more athletic movements. Mm -hmm. So I can integrate everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's kind of the process. Yeah. I think, I I think that, um, that this is, I think psychedelics are going to, I just think more and more people are going to be o- more open to it as far as, um, just cause you know, it's always on, it's always on Joe Rogan. It's, uh, it's always on all these podcasts recently. And, and a lot of, you know, Silicon, I hate to say that, but Silicon Valley people and, you know, mainstream, mainstream people are now sort of taking it on. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. They're using it for, like, everyone's using it for very different reasons. And all are valid. Like, if we're honest, like, everything's valid. It's, as long as it's not hurting someone else, mm-hmm. like, you can do whatever you want to yourself. So, yeah, the Silicon Valley guys are doing it to, like, try and get ahead, like, in a capitalist world. That's, that's what they're doing. That's fine. Whatever. That's what they do. That's fine. Hey, man, you know, yeah. everybody's got, yeah. got their thing, you know. Yeah, exactly. I do mind it for a different reason. And that's fine too. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. Like uh, what's his name? That uh, Tim Ferriss or whatever he mm-hmm. was, I think he's kind of gotten into it as well. And so, yeah, he's gotten a little hot water with some people because I think he started with the idea, like we should make this a capitalist venture. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like he's switching back away from that with groups like compass who are trying to patent psilocybin patent like if you have a lamp in the room while you're doing a therapy session how many couches do you have how many cushions are on the couch so they can essentially patent the process to eliminate yeah they're trying to get a monopoly on it unfortunately and then that may be wrong that's just what i've read and heard Mm -hmm. um and that's 
when you are coming from a guy like Peter Thiel, like it's probably the right assumption to make that he, he would rather have a, have the whole market than have 50% of the market, <laughs> you know, like he's a yeah. capitalist. So you'd rather have more than less. Yeah. 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 My friend, he, um, he's, he's definitely a, uh, I don't, I don't know how to, uh, he's, he's got a, he, he's a pretty smart guy and he's a pretty level-headed person. He's fairly, um, he's fairly, you know, logical thinker. And, um, when I, I talked to him a, a, a few months ago, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, what's going on? What are you up to? And he's like, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm doing this, um, this, uh, this psychedelic, um, ther- uh, therapeutic, uh, program now. I was like, yeah. How, so awesome. Yeah. I was like, how, how'd you get into that? And he's like, you know, he, he, he lived in San Francisco, so he would, you know, buy like a, like a, what you, the marijuana cookie or whatever every now and then. So he was, you know, he's a little more liberal, but still, you know, I was, you know, I was still kind of taken back by him. And he said he had some kind of vision while he was in doing mushrooms. Uh, I think it was in Colorado or something. And it was like, a, his, his vision was to, um, was to use, do this, do this program and to, and to help people. So it's kind of crazy. Wow. That's awesome. Like, yeah. Good for him too. Cause you know, like it sounds like he's probably helping himself a little bit while helping other people. And that's like another dichotomy. I think we miss is like, we need to do personal work, but we need to do communal work as well. Can't be all one or the other, you know, like you get burnt out if you do like, if you're doing social work for people, you just get exhausted. But if you're just doing personal work, then you get narcissistic. You know, <laughs> like you gotta yes. do both. Yeah, he he had some some problems with depression because he he went through like a a divorce recently, and which kind of led yeah. him to do the do the mushrooms, and then and then he said it really helped him and and everything like that too. So. Yeah, I mean, I I totally understand the depression part. That's like a major part that. I haven't had depression in a long time. Oops, sorry. Mm-hmm. We got another call coming in. Um, should have put this on silent. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, like I haven't had depression or anxiety in so many years. Mm-hmm. Just from like a couple of mushroom sessions, like I could have just stopped there mm-hmm. and not done any further trauma work. And I don't think I would still ever feel the same kind of depression. It just washed it away, which mm-hmm. is so weird because you think it's a part of you. And really, it's just like a T-shirt that you're wearing. Like you can get rid of it and get a new one. <laughs> like, yeah. And the unfortunate part of that, though, is that it's like that is a very privileged position I was in. I had like access to it. I wasn't most like it wasn't going to get arrested. Like all of these things that allowed me to do it. And like, if your friend does it and can then bring it into underserved communities, like like lower class communities that maybe need it more than like uh, someone from Silicon Valley who has the money and resources. Like if, if you can bring it to them, that would be so wonderful. And I'm not sure if that's what he wants to do, but I, I mean, I think it could always be put out there in the universe. Maybe people will do it. I mean, I'm yeah. trying to do it. So. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure what, what his, his, his plans are going to be, but um I know he's working right now as a, as a therapist, as a regular therapist, but he says that he lives in Oakland now. And he says that there's actually like a, um, some, 
I said, you know, how do you get your mushrooms? And he said, he just goes down to the street. There's like some, some store that, that, that opened up and he can just buy them. That's so crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. And then that's really wild. I know it's so crazy, dude. That's, that's what I said. And then, and then he was like, he was like, well, I don't do that anymore. And I was like, well, well, what do you do now? And he was like, well, I just, I just make my own now out of my house. He was (laughs) like, that's awesome. Yeah. He's kind of a technical minded guy. And he, um, he, he bought some book and, and he, I, I think there was some equipment that he needed to buy so he could do it in his house or something. But anyway, that was just, yeah, I was like, <laughs> just freaking awesome. Yeah. That's, I mean, again, like we can take ownership of our own health. That helps a lot. Like it, it's less of a drag on society. And again, that's a very privileged thing because like if you have money and you have time and you have resources, it's so much easier to take control, but then you, it, if we can realize that and then give back, that's also amazing. But it's like having a store in Oakland that you can just go to, that's, that's really wild. And it maybe will allow for more people to heal too. Yeah. It's, 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 it's pretty amazing. I was like, that's, yeah. I want to come. I was like, I'm going to come out there, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. It seems to be happening all across the country too, at least on the mainland. Although where I am in Hawaii, they just passed a Senate bill to decriminalize mushrooms as well. And usually when they do that, it's um, decriminalizing all plant medicine. Mm-hmm. It's usually, they just choose one that they think they can get through. Mm-hmm. And then within the bill, they just rewrite it and open up to everything, which is what Oakland did. Um, Denver, I think, is on the path to now opening it up to all plant medicine, but they're decriminalized for mushrooms. Um, Somerville and Cambridge, I think, in Massachusetts just did that as well. Mm-hmm. It's like popping up everywhere. People are just throwing out legislation and no one's disagreeing with it. It's like, it's, someone said uh, in the last election, it wasn't the politicians that won. It was plant medicine because so many places decriminalized at once. <laughs> they were just like, no, no, the real winner was like 70% of people think this should be totally legal and fine. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, so now it, it is, is that, is, is it's legal in Hawaii now? Is, is that, is that true? Not yet. Um, okay. uh, I think within the next year or year and a half, Mm-hmm. As long as it gets passed all the way through, it will be, it will be legal. Uh, and you'll see people growing around here because people on the bigger island or on Big Island and on Maui are pretty into it. But yeah, I don't know anyone here who actually has any mushrooms. So I have no idea if, if it's common here. That's awesome, man. That's, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. I think we're going to see like a huge bump in mental health like in a positive way uh there'll, there'll be some side effects because it's a it's an amplifier you know mm-hmm. like if you're already a narcissist you will probably become more of a narcissist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but if you are more empathetic and you feel like you just don't have an outlet for that for whatever reason like the way society works your job or whatever mm-hmm. it can amplify that and you can become a nicer person you can become a little bit kinder and gentler towards people that's cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's just, we're living in a very exciting world, even though it's very uncomfortable right now. It's it's a we're on the edge. Like let's just say that we're on the edge of changing how we think about the world. 
Yeah, ex- ex- I, I definitely, I definitely think so, man. In so many ways. I mean, there's, there's, there's negative things going on, of course, but there's, there's always <laughs> negative things going on, but, um, a hundred percent for sure, man. So, but I think that the whole, um, the holistic, um, the holistic world, I think is going to, as far as like a coaching or whatever you're, whatever you're doing is definitely going to improve or, um, because I, I think I think there's going to be more, um, what do you call it, um, uh, like chronic illness because of the the co. I don't even want to say the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to get banned. The COVID. Like, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, you can't even say it anymore. You can't even write <laughs> it. <anymore. laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right, and for so many different reasons, like the actual effects of the virus long term, they're showing that it does have. A, ton of problems in not just the lungs but also the nervous system yeah but then the nervous system of everyone who's had to lock down for a really long time that nervous system gets so out of whack not being able to see the people you love and care about totally out of whack yeah it's just it's yeah you are 100 right like and we're gonna see a lot of people in the next few years die from non-covid related but that will be covid related you know it'll be like ptsd type of things depression anxiety suicidality all of those are going to jump up um, just because yeah. it's been a long year it's been a long year it's been a long year yeah for sure man for sure yeah i think that um you know it's i, I think there's, there's the good and there's bad the good is that a lot less people are going to die are, aren't going to aren't going to die from it but there's going to be so many more chronic illnesses and people are going to be like, well, why am I, um, you know, why am I, uh, uh, why is my memory not as good as it used to be? Or why, why am I, you know, forgetting things recently or, or, um, you know, why am I having aches and pains all of a sudden, you know, things like that. Yeah. You're hitting it right on the head because there are like some signals that it works really similar um, as an inflammatory response to things like fibromyalgia or Lyme's disease, like yes. all of those things where we don't really truly understand them. We just understand them as like a hyperreactivity. Mm-hmm. So you're, you hit the nail on the head with that. Like mm-hmm. joint pain is going to be a thing. The gout is going to start happening in people and they're going to be like, I was a healthy person. What is going on? You know, but it also calls into question, like why, like what in society makes us so unprepared for things like this? Like why aren't we creating a healthier culture? And like, why can't we give better food to more people? Mm-hmm. Like why is organic essentially there's like a barrier to entry for organic food. Yeah. Like if you're below, like if you're making a normal wage, mm-hmm. you can't eat organic. You can't eat free range. You barely even have like a market in your neighborhood. You might have some bodegas. Like if you live in New York and you're living in Brownsville, you don't even have a, like any grocery store near you. And you don't have a car. Yeah. You don't have public transportation. Like it gets washed away in these lower class areas. It's like, there's no chance anyone's going to have to be healthy. Yeah. If you don't have access to good food and to good water such a it's such a thing man you know it really is the food especially in the u.s i mean there's 
I was watching a, some YouTube thing on some foods and some of the fillers and things they put in the breads and things like that. And, and they're like banned in like Singapore and, and Japan and, and all these, all these other places. Yeah. Like people don't even know that people have no idea that a lot of our food is banned in other countries. It's, like they it's, wouldn't, they wouldn't consider it food. It's not food. It's not food. Like you can go to jail for, for like using these, these products and food in Singapore. It's crazy. Wow. That's so wild. That's Again, so, like, yeah. It, and this may be something that is coming to light because like as difficult as COVID has been, it may be just literally a spotlight on the failings of society right now. It may be like just showing us exactly all those dark places that we mm -hmm. thought we could hide from. Mm -hmm. And instead it's like, Nope, opening that up. You got to look at it. And that can include, uh, that can include like our personal trauma, our personal shadows, like, mm -hmm because people got stuck with themselves for a year and potentially like a year and a half get stuck just with themselves. And what came up, like what light is being shown on their shadow side that they've been trying to beat down instead, like you need to start to embrace it. Like what is it about us that makes us us? What can we shed and what can we keep? Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I've, I've definitely, you know, I, I kind of got picked up my journal again, like I said before this year, this past year, and it's definitely just been really helpful as far as kind of just, you know, just, just that writing process down and, and things like that. It's very helpful. Yeah. What do you do for your journaling process? Cause I know like some people use prompts, some people just do a free form journaling. What is, what's your preference for it? I do a little, I've done a little free form writing where I just write and try to write feelings and get in touch with the feelings, you know, um, yeah. how I feel about anything or, or I'll write about a past, you know, if I'm thinking about a past, something in the past that seems um, kind of ridiculous, I'll just write it down. You know, like maybe I, you know, uh, I got in a fight with my brother when I was, when I was 10 years old or something and I'm thinking about that and, and, and then that and I'll just write it down or that's, yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's that. That's awesome. How about you? Do you do any kind of journaling or I don't, I always find it difficult. That's why I like to ask people like who really like journaling, like what process they use because mm -hmm. I'll, I do like whatever seems best at the time but then i have like 15 journals where i'm like they're kind of quarter full <laughs> you know I'm like there's no through line to them and maybe that's the process i need but i don't know i i just i really recommend it for everyone and i really have a hard time with it myself <laughs> so i don't know what it is i know the value i just i can't do it consistently maybe i'm scared maybe i'm not i don't want to look at something that will come up yeah, 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 yeah. I totally, I totally understand, man. I mean, I, I bought my journal. Um, God, it was like a year and a, almost a year and a half ago. When I was on vacation, I was on vacation in in um Thailand and Phuket, and I bought it, and I kind of wrote in a little bit, and then um kind of forgot about it, and then I kind of picked it up again during the whole, during the whole COVID, COVID time because I had a little. Extra, and and because I'm out here in Japan, I kind of have um, I'm a little bit isolated, 
so I had a little bit more free time on my hands kind of thing. So anyway, maybe that right. was that was the yeah was the whole thing. Yeah, I think it's like maybe just like psychedelics um, or plant medicines when it calls to you is the right time. So it will probably call to me and I'll be like, there it is. Like, that's how I need to do it. Like, and I just write it in every single day. You know, that's kind of how things work with me. Like I'll yeah. see something and be like, that's super interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see all the value in it and I still can't do it yet. <laughs> yeah. I get a lot. I get out a lot of, um, if I write down just one thing that I'm grateful for, it can be, my can be the day it can be my iphone it can be i'm grateful for you know my job that i get that i get paid it can be like literally anything that that's very very helpful too as far as my attitude and everything about life in general. yeah that's a really nice thing to do for yourself too mm-hmm. just to remind yourself that oh man like i got some really good stuff in my life it's pretty great and yeah just having that prompt of being like what am i grateful for today it can be literally anything yeah, exactly. Was there anything else you want to you want to say, Tim? Or um... no, no, I I think I'm good. Unless you have any more questions. No, I don't think so, man. I don't think so. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, I've I've I just love talking to you, man. I loved hearing about I hear about the psychedelics and your coaching and and everything, man. It's been freaking awesome, dude. Yeah, thanks. It's been an honor to be on this. This is great. Really enjoyed it. And then hopefully we can, hopefully we can talk again, but, um, yeah, just let me know. I'm happy to do it. All right, Tim. All right, cool. All right. Have have a good one, man. Yeah, you too. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye.